The family. Welcome to the family. Tom Bernard and... Andy Brand Bernard. <laughs> and Cassie Schrader. <laughs> well, how much more of a lead-in do I have to give you than and? <laughs> I'm never first. It threw me off. That's true. That is true. You don't ever go first. You're absolutely right. Okay, we'll be right back. Kick things off. The family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Join me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal as we talk cars, how to buy them, how to lease them, how to make the most of your money, and much more. What's it going to take to earn your business right now? Tune in every Thursday from 2 to 3 Central or download it on the Tom Bernard Podcast page. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think about it. St. Patrick's Day, huh? Two days early. Well, we don't do a show on Sunday. I don't care, you Englishster. Hey, I'm Scots Irish. (laughs) The whole month of March is St. Patrick's Day for me. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And when's St. Airhose Day? Is that the 18th? St. Airhose? (laughs) Airhose? Not air hose like an A-I-R. <laughs> air hose is like E-R-H-O-S. Oh, it's like a Scandinavian thing, I think. Erho. Could be pronounced Saint different. Erho I don't know. Day. But uh, let's see. Oh, well, St. Erho doesn't exist, for one. He was really? created by Finnish Americans to celebrate their heritage. Really? So it's, it's a fake guy? It is fake, but it is tomorrow. I didn't know that. It is. Oh, it's tomorrow, the 16th. Mm-hmm. So they beat the Irish to it by one day, they did and it's that a made-up guy. Yeah, they did. Absolutely, they did. Mm-hmm. That's that's fascinating. So, uh, I, seriously, to me, it's it's really fascinating that they had to invent someone. I don't weird. know what to tell you. It is. Um, once again, what I'm going to do at the beginning of every show from now on, I think, is... Uh, it's just go down the fact that we try to avoid talking politics on, on this show and the, in the morning show. But once again, the lead stories, Jeb Bush, we need a 2020 GOP challenger. Trump, AOC, draw, uh, draw headlines with their uh, New Zealand tweets. Um, so this thing in New Zealand, 49 people, some 28-year-old guy walked in, and he had, a, what, I think there were two guys and one woman or three guys and one woman, is that right? Uh, you guys know I don't about actually this? know what you're talking about, no. Oh, 49 people were killed in two mosques in New Zealand today. Oh. Isn't that, it's just unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, apparently, uh, well, I'll read the story to you. 
Uh, Ian Punnett's going to join us in about, what, five minutes, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Look forward to that. The death toll in Friday's mass shootings at two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand, has now hit 49 people, making it the country's deadliest outbreak of violence since World War II and a POW camp riot. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, who described Friday as one of the New Zealand's darkest, one of New Zealand's darkest days, has raised the country's terror alert to its highest uh, or second, at least second highest level for the first time in New Zealand history. It is clear that this can now only be described as a terrorist attack, she said, denouncing the extraordinary and unprecedented act of violence. So police say three men and a woman, yeah, so it was three guys and a woman, including an Australian citizen, were taken into custody after the attacks, and one was later charged with murder. The AP reports a suspect who lives, uh, or excuse me, who live-streamed horrifying video of the attack on one mosque identified himself as Brenton Tarrant, or Tarrant, and left a manifesto. Oh, he had a manifesto. A 28-year-old with a manifesto. They always have a manifesto. They do, don't they? They always do. In which he describes himself as an Australian, and he describes himself as a racist. Okay. <clears throat> That's good. By the way, none of the suspects were on watch list. These uh, four people, three men and a woman, killed 49 people in two mosques in New Zealand and... Uh, I don't know. What the hell? What's that all about? I have no idea. I, I, you, I, just, I don't think we can actually fathom why they do things now. It's just constantly it psychotic is. behavior. <laughs> you, you're up. You're absolutely right. It is constantly extremely angry and gotten to the point where it's absolutely psychotic behavior. Mm-hmm. These 49 people, probably just innocent Muslims going to the mosques, you know, taking care of their business and believing in their faith. And see, that's the one thing that drives me nuts about people. If you believe something other than I believe, and I must harm you. Do you get that? Mm-mm. I don't. I don't either. I just, I really don't understand it at all. It's just you, <sighs> there's nothing can be said about it. You can't even say anything anymore. 49 people. So they came loaded with I don't know how many guns they haven't said yet how many guns they had or, what, or the rest of it, but my God, it just. Well, and, and let me ask you guys a question. What? We have Ian Punnett on the phone. Oh, Ian's ready to go. Good. Yes. <clears throat> Excellent. How much time do you have today, Ian? I have everything for you always. Mm. <laughs> See how he is. Always. He's a manly man. That's all I know. Um, we were just talking about the 49 people massacred in two mosques in New Zealand. And, and I was about to ask a question, Ian, and I'm glad you came on because, you know, we have a couple of youngsters and Andy and Cassie. And then you have you and me in different uh, different demographics. Generations, uh, right? Yeah. Do you think that that... The advent of social media got this whole ball rolling when, when everybody's a tough guy and they say things and then they're kind of driven. They've driven themselves crazy. I, I just, I well, don't know. I worry yeah. about social media a lot. Well, I get that. Can I, I'll add a thought that I think you may be missing from his, you know, and I, I let me join in the massive eye roll about manifesto, but the, yeah. what he said was, he talks about them not necessarily as a theological difference, but because oh, okay. they're invaders. Good. His emphasis oh, I is see. on, and, the, and so much of this, I think, is driven by the same kind of belief that some people have, which is, you know, we've got to be really brutal to immigrants at the border so that they never come back here again, or that they only go back to their home country. So I think some of this is, is tied into a belief of being brutal to immigrants to as a way of persuading them to no longer bring their family members or to continue to come to that country. That's that's what, what? It, when I read what I read, from yeah. him, that seemed to be a consistent theme about invaders in Germany, invaders in France. When he would travel, all he saw were invaders everywhere. So that's his mind. Right. Yeah. But isn't he an invader? He's a white guy, isn't he? I'm looking at a picture. A guy looks like a yeah. like a white yeah. guy. So just uh, ask you the invaded Maori on the on, in New yeah. Zealand. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. So go ask the Maori people in New Zealand how they feel about invaders. And yeah, I exactly. mean, this is, but that's the ruse. That's the, the, that's the ability. And this goes to the social media thing where we can create enough of an echo effect around whatever crazy belief we have, any of us, mm-hmm. we can get enough yeah. confirmation to believe we're right, no matter what it is. It, it just amazes me that other than North Africa, everybody's an invader. Because we all came from North Africa, and then we invaded. That's what we did, right? right? Well, so this, I don't really and understand. And this is where, in the Bible, you know, I mean, if I can be biblical for a moment, it, it tells sure. us always that we, we are judged by how well we treat immigrants because we were once one. You know, that's yep. always what it was. That's how we should, and, and, and this idea of hospitality even when it hurts, because hospitality when it's not painful is easy, but hospitality when it's painful, when you're actually giving up like some of your food for a stranger is the measure of our, you know, of our adherence to our beliefs. And that's as true in Islam as it is in Judaism, as it is in Christianity. It's just not true for this guy. No, he's got, we don't know. And he he never mentions faith. He never mentions his own religion. He doesn't talk about, he talks about himself as being white, but he doesn't really talk about it in terms of, you know, like this is some sort of affront to his beliefs. Yeah, I don't really understand that whole situation with these people. So he, he just does not like Muslim people. Is that because it, everywhere you mention Germany, France, uh, you know, New right. Zealand, it's it's Muslims that are the, the invaders for him, right? Nobody else? Well, so regardless of where those Muslims come from, too, by the way. So yeah, it didn't right, matter whether right. those Muslims might be from America who are at that mosque or Muslims who are New Zealand Muslims who would be at that mosque. So his, mm-hmm. his focus is on the other. That's the definition of xenophobia, right? It's outsiders. And he feels in his life that huge encroachment that everywhere he looked, he saw encroachment. And that's you know that there are people who think like that. They walk around all day long and they hear somebody else speak a foreign language and they want to yell, "Stop that!" Because something inside of them gets so triggered by it. Whereas I hear somebody else speaking a foreign language, I go, "Damn, I wish I could do that." Yeah, <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I, my grandmother could only read German. She could not read English. Right. She could speak English, but she couldn't right. read it. So am I supposed to hate her too? My own grandmother. Well, and not to mention that, so where did she move to when she came to, to Minnesota, did she? Long Prairie, Minnesota. What a choice. Right, yeah, Long but Prairie, there Minnesota. you go. They probably had a local German newspaper. They probably had a local yes, German did. language newspaper. So that's yep. the accommodation that, that I think, and this is where, I, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but a lot of white Europeans get caught up in this idea that somehow they came here speaking English when... Most of my Italian <laughs> friends had grandmothers or grandparents who didn't speak any English. And, you know, right. I mean, it wasn't in any major city. There was the foreign language equivalent of a daily newspaper that kept them informed and engaged as their kids assimilated. So they weren't, you know, nobody was demanding that your mother come over and start speaking your English right away. But her no. kids would be expected to learn English. And that was pretty much the norm. A lot of a lot of families, matter of fact, uh, from several countries, their their parents and grandparents made them learn to speak English because they didn't want them speaking a foreign language in America. Right. I mean, that's. I had an extra neighbor. Insisted. I swear to God, this is true. I had, a, I had an extra neighbor who used to bust on. I mean, all the time on Hispanics, and it was just like I barely even engaged with the guy because it got it got to the point where I knew he was doing it on purpose and he'd be like talking yeah. about, well, he's a good Mexican and, you know, this person, you know, they, they sure work cheap and all that other stuff. And his, his theme of that was that they didn't speak English. So he had to learn how to speak Spanish in order to get this labor as cheap as he wanted to get it. And then I met his grandmother at his daughter's confirmation and she was from Italy and she lived in the country for 20 years. She didn't speak any English. She spoke only <laughs> Italian. And she's still oh, walking around in her widow's garb from when the grandfather died. She's still dressed in black sure. with a black veil. And I'm thinking, dude, what is your cultural hang-up that you can see other people but not see what's going on in your own family? And I didn't have any problem that his grandmother didn't speak Italian. Right, you know, But right. he, for him, everybody else had to speak English except her. I, yeah, I don't, I'll, I've never understood any of that stuff. I, I really don't. 
You know, as far as I'm concerned, I was born in Long Prairie, Minnesota, and at two, I invaded the Twin Cities when we moved here. (laughs) So, you know, I'm I'm not from Minneapolis-St. Paul originally. (laughs) I grew up in Minneapolis uh, after two years old, but I was an invader at two years old, right? Right. I just don't understand. Why do these people get so whipped up about everything? Because there's a giant hole in their soul that they can't fill. And so they yeah. they do it by lashing out. They're protecting, you know. It's like it's like capture the flag, you know. They're protecting their own vulnerability by always being on the attack. And I think that's where you know it's just, it, the, we won't know what a lot of his focus is unless he decides to tell us. But it's going to come down to something very self-revealing when he finally gets a chance to talk. But it's the same people who attack. I mean, you look at it was not even six months ago. Uh, right, that there was the the uh, synagogue was attacked in Pittsburgh, the Tree of Life synagogue right. in Pittsburgh. Right. That person yeah. was killed, so we'll, we won't know everything about them. But then, twenty six parishioners were murdered at the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas, in two thousand seventeen, and that took the record from the previous record holder of that um, African Methodist Episcopal Church in downtown Charleston that Dylan Roof guy shot up, um, that was only in 2015. So these, these attacks on, on, on worship houses are just coming more and more frequently because yeah. that they know yeah. they're vulnerable, they'll get a high body count, um, and it's, that's just despicable to me. The whole thing. i got to read a couple of things to you because I don't understand something about this. Uh, the headline says that uh, Trump and AOC draw, what do they say, they draw attention, is that what it says? Uh, mm-hmm. Trump, AOC, draw headlines with their New Zealand tweets. So it's funny because headlines. the Trump tweet is like the most expected, benign thing you've ever read. So it's like, that draws yeah, headlines. Yeah. All. yeah, he basically just said, no. that was a bad thing that happened. How does that draw yes, headlines? Right. I don't know. I have no well, idea. here's why. Because, here's the, wait, wait, but here's the, the follow-up to that, was his tweet 20 minutes later uh, talking about Jews in America becoming Republicans and how they they've now been now they're hated by Democrats. So it isn't it was that sort of benign pointless tweet which then is followed up by this passionate thing about Jews becoming Republicans because Democrats hate them. And they didn't even and report like, on that. Okay. Well, that was the, that was it was the coupling of the two in the mm. in what I saw this morning and Good that was God. like okay. Why now? Why do we really need to put that tweet now? Is that really what you? But you know, that's that's him. That's what he does. Yes. Well, I guess I don't know what the situation. Look, I don't have a as far as a political thing in, in the United States. I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't like any of it. The, this this yeah. extremist BS that's going on in America now, whether it's right or left, I don't care. Those people are deeply disturbed or really stupid. One or the other. I mean, to be that hateful when you're supposed to be, you know, all giving and, and forgiving and all, you know, tolerant. There's no tolerance left in America. Well, but then look, I'll look at it on the other side, too, which is passivity and disinterest also have dire right. consequences. Yeah. And yeah, so that's, right. the, that's the tension. That's the tension. And so I'm and we're stuck in the middle. In the, but I, yeah, well, because I can't be. It's one thing to try to see both sides of something like the the debate about Israel, right? Which is part of this whole mm-hmm. conversation about AOC and whatever. And I, I I'm one I'm one who believes that you can criticize Israel without being anti-Semitic. I think that's I think it's very possible to have a conversation about a nation state without getting into religion per se. Um, yeah, I and think, I, yeah. I, so, yeah, I think that's a reasonable place to be. But I don't, I don't believe, and I don't, I hate the idea of creating more divisiveness in this country by by trying to get into, you know, who somebody should be affiliated with on the basis right. of religion, whether they should be a Democrat or Republican. I just, I don't have that right. agency. I don't have that knowledge. I have no insight on that at all. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. we got to take a break. Be right back. Ian Punnett with us. Be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. 
Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve your financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Oh, that's right. That's right. Cassie's all whipped out about being uh, Hmm? Irish and Scottish. She's all whipped up this weekend. I love it. I understand. I understand completely. You damn immigrant. (laughs) Watch out. I might speak Gaelic. I would would actually like to hear that. Yeah, I would, too. I don't think anyone actually knows how to speak Gaelic. They just claim to. Yeah, you can say Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day in many ways, but, um, like, one of the most official ones, it's like, oh, God, I can't remember how to say that first word. It's it's impossible to speak. It is. It's not a very pretty language. It's a weird language. It's like Welsh. It's just difficult. Oh, Welsh. Welsh is beautiful, though. Welsh is weird. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's beautiful. They, sp- but- they speak in like, so I, because I went to England and um, I knew a Welsh Welsh person while I was there. And um, he like, it all went together, flowed really nicely. It almost sounded like musical or um, rhythmic the way he was speaking. So I thought it was cool. But Yeah, I understand. I have a friend, uh, Craig Weiss, no longer with us, but he spoke uh, fluent Danish. And have you ever heard anybody speak Danish? It literally sounds like this. <laughs> sounds like they're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Does. I'm not it's like, what are you laughing about? Oh, what is that? Like, okay, Craig, whatever. <laughs> um, Ian punted our special guest today. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Melissa. What? We have a caller. I don't know if it's for Ian or what, though. We're going to find out. Hello, caller. Hello? Is that me? Yes. Hello. How yes, you it doing? Is. Yeah, hi. My name's Paul. Um, I'm from central Minnesota. Um, grew up in a little town called Marty. And um, mm-hmm. my grandma was adopted off the orphan train. I'm actually looking at a picture at her, of her right now. that I, um, I didn't really know much about it until I read that book. It was called Orphan Train. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, when, when she came to central Minnesota, it's kind of, kind of near St. Cloud. Um, she was the only person around that spoke English. Mm. Everybody spoke German. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, they had a little school in that um, that was just, you know, solely German. We always called it a German school. It's actually a house now, but... So yeah, that's what kind of... That's how... You know, growing up, I was around a lot of racism and stuff, and then when I started finding out about my grandma, you know, and then they talk about the, I hear a lot of people talking crap about, like, Somalians and stuff. I'm like, hey, yep, right. yep. you know, when my grandma came over here, she was a, a foreigner, too, you know. It was a heck of a story how yep. she got here, too. Is her, her, um, her mother died, and... Dad got remarried, and then she told him that she had died and put him in the orphanage. I put her in the orphanage, and then 
she ended up here in Minnesota. And I have a, like I said, I have a picture of her, and she's sitting in the chair with a big smile and holding a giant doll that they bought her as a gift, which is really cool. It is yeah. wonderful. I'm glad you called and talked about that because people don't realize that German was spoken. Well, that's where the where the phrase in Minnesota comes from. Borrow me a dollar because the word for lend and borrow is the same word in German. So they just thought that it'd be mm. the same thing in English. That's, that's, yep. you know, and that's then, where borrow. And me my, yeah, and so my daddy only had a um, when their family was very poor, so he had to go out and work on like farms and stuff when he was a kid. And um, send the money back home. But yep. he's bilingual. He's only got an eighth grade education. He can speak German and English because of my grandma. And that's what um, people, um, immigrants, you know, bring to this country. Well, I really Something appreciate you never your have otherwise. Yep. All right, here go. I'm really glad you called. But people need to understand in this state that there was a lot of immigration in the late 1800s oh, yeah. from from a lot from Germany, as a matter of fact. I still think there are more German people in Minnesota than just about anyone else. I think that's still true. A lot of Scandinavians, obviously, but I think there are even more Germans right. than Scandinavians. I it's think so, too, because I've, I've never tried Ludafest. I, I don't know where that came from. I understand and, completely. Uh, uh, one other thing, I heard you have an, um, uh, a comedian come up here by St. Cloud on later today. Oh yeah, um, he's you got know. he's got a huge heart. That guy is awesome. I I know him a little bit, and he's um he's one heck of a guy. So well, be, that's nice. I'm glad you didn't call and say, you know, your guest's going to be a total jerk. So I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad it turned the other way. That's nice to know. Oh yeah, he, that's terrific. He, yeah, he um there's a a local nonprofit that helps um animals that are orphaned, and I got a hold of him and asked him if he could help him with a comedy show to help get more people at their event. And it, it only took him two seconds to agree to do it. So Excellent. he's a great guy. All he, right, he, he, he is awesome. All right. All right. I want you, I want you to behave all weekend. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm on it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend, sir. I'm on it. Yeah. Bye. Bye. See, I like that people calling and talking about it. And you did it. And if you ever want to deny that in your neighborhood you didn't hear a ton of racist views. And by the way, in my neighborhood where I grew up, I heard anti-Semitic, anti-black, anti-white. I heard it all because we were all kind of there together. And I do remember as a kid, pretty little kid, as a matter of fact, I was called a dirty cat licker because I was Catholic. Absolutely. You know? Oh, my God. A dirty yeah. cat licker. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it didn't. And I here's the deal, though. I suppose maybe because I'm Caucasian or whatever, but I went, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> really? I, it didn't even offend me. I was like, that's really stupid. You know? Right. But we have come a long way. We're not there yet, but we've come a long way. And I, I really don't like hearing on the news how, oh, my God, America just sucks. America doesn't suck. We do a pretty damn good job, I would say. Perfect? Of course not. No. You know what? Uh, am I in? You're in. Yeah. I was, no, I okay. Was, I was going to say. No, here's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was no. going to ask Tom if, if he ever been called a statue prayer. Oh yeah! Oh or yeah! Statue, statue worship, prayer, worshiping, worshiping those worshiping. graven idols as you Pray. do. Yep, they absolutely. A lot of statues in the Catholic Church. Uh, didn't it's really true. bother me that there were statues, but you know what are you going to do? In any case, so Ian, what were you saying? Well, have you considered the the continuity between? It's just kind of a long shot, but the continuity between the story of the the, the massacre in Christ Church and the story about. Um, people who are using their financial resources to get their kids into elite colleges. Oh, oh my <laughs> God, Ian. Here we go. It is hideous. No, it's 750. What's that? Yeah. No, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Uh, I just want to read a couple of quotes. Either there, there are seven quotes, but I don't know how long they are, so I probably won't do all of them. Uh, the jarring college admission scandal is still reverberating, and some of the quotes cited in the affidavit continue to resonate as well. Here are some examples. Felicity Huffman, Rutrow, 
Looks like my daughter's high school wants to provide own proctor. Wait, what? She said a rut row? <laughs> rut row. She said rut row like, who is that, Scooby-Doo? Yeah. yeah. That's a really yeah, weird way to respond to that. Astro. Astro. <laughs> oh, Astro. That's who it was. It's Astro. You're right. It was Astro. Oh, yeah. The, the dog. Yeah. <clears throat> when New York Attorney General Gordon Kaplan uh, – was on a wiretap call regarding Kaplan's own alleged use of the scam. To be honest, I'm not worried about the moral issue. <laughs> okay, wow. well, that's nice. Uh, a mom, I know this is craziness. I know it is, said Jane Buckingham, CEO of a boutique marketing firm in Los Angeles, and call. And then I need you to get him into USC, and then I need you to cure cancer and make peace in the Middle East. <laughs> what is wrong with these people? Did, did you hear that there is a... Um associate ad at usc who they figured out a million plus dollars was funneled through in this whole scam well he's going to prison oh, it's yeah. just she she's actually. going to prison <laughs> yeah she's going to prison well hopefully uh ian i should point out to you because you you know obviously uh not on the show yesterday but we had a uh a guy call in who was a uh a navy recruiter in the st cloud area and he said that you had to pay to play when you reached out to uh, to high schools to recruit people or even to talk to people. If you wanted to talk to the high school students, not at all the schools, but at some of them, you had to pay to do it. In our own state, yeah, in our own uh, fine state like, of Minnesota. Like a donation basis, that kind of thing? Like making uh, a donation no. to the school kind of a thing? Nope. You had to what pay them it? directly. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I think this is – so I'll go back to my weird connection I'm making here because I think it encircles back to what you're saying is that the what we have, I think, is a situation where a lot of people want to see their kids get to a certain place, and they they will look for any advantage, and that advantage, if they have money, means that they'll they'll cheat the system, and they do it because they're trying to find – they know that, for example, if – you know, we've all been around the table on the, the Native American thing or other things where, which give you extra points for yep. schools that are trying to diversify their population base, which, I, you know, I'm at a university. I don't have any problem with that as long as it's done fairly. And this idea mm-hmm. of, of of getting the kids to pose like rowers, <laughs> right, where they're going to get a they're going to get a shot on the on the crew team because they were taking a picture with like you know the 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 rowing machine at a local uh you know gym that that somehow they were and then they write some phony bio this comes back to that same kind of i think maybe in some regards anyway a kind of that belief that you've we got to do anything we can to protect our own and like we got to do and the parents who are willing to spend ridiculous amounts of money to do that i'm not saying it's the same or as bad as shooting but i just think there's a there's a there's a kind of this belief this kind of where it's like I, I I don't I don't like the system that exists so I'm going to do it my way as immoral as my way is I'm going to do it my way. They claim that there were parents who were uh, photoshopping photos of their children yep. playing soccer or, or yep. rowing and, and funny thing is it's not the sports like basketball and football it's rowing it's tennis it's golf it's it's those type of sports that they're trying to but you know why you know why no i'll tell you why go go for it because the way the title nine is set up yes is that they have right they have to offer the same amount of scholarships to Mm -hmm. women as they do to men right so if the men's program soaks up a certain percentage of scholarships for the football and basketball teams, there won't be a, there's not a lot left for say swimming or crew or whatever for those schools. But on the women's Mm -hmm. side, there are no, those teams aren't as big. There obviously there's a basketball team there, but not a football team. So that means to these other sports like, you know, crew, they are given a higher percentage of those places to give away. That's at their discretion. Um, They have more of them on the women's side um, to offer than they do on the men's side, and that's where that they, they kind of get capitalized by those coaches, uh, with that men's coaches couldn't. So they probably had six, maybe they had five spots that they could provide a scholarship for, 
um, for the crew team. Well, crew was added at most universities because it was supposedly going to be the sport that was going to equal football. And it's not doing that at most campuses. No. No. And now what's happened on campuses, you have the women's track program be that team. And um, a lot of the... And volleyball. Right. Well, volleyball is still, volleyball. Volleyball is still at 15. But um, Oh, is it? Yes. But they're, um, what they're doing with um, other sports is adding people that they, you know, just names, basically, or whatnot. Uh, Title IX is what? such an archaic law that it needs to be reevaluated, but nobody wants to look yeah, at it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It needs to be reevaluated to make sure that it's as fair and productive as it should be. What's interesting about this particular case, though, for the crew thing, if people are curious, once that spot is given away, the they, the coach can then send up the paperwork that said, "Oh, that player washed out." Yes. And but once once they're admitted to the school, they don't have to give up their attendance. They don't have to give up their acceptance. They just don't get any scholarship money and they don't get any recognition for their, you know, their place on the team. But that's it. So once you're in the door, that's what the coaches were doing. They were going, oh, that player didn't work out. So they end up getting their scholarship back to give to another player. And they, so they don't, the coaches don't lose anything. They're not giving up a scholarship position. They just give it up temporarily. And then they offer it to somebody else after that. On the other end. Well, in most cases, we, it's not even scholarships. It's just a space on on the team. Yeah. So we will take a break. Well, we'll be right back. A- Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer zero percent financing for thirty six months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble free, energy efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you, do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks, or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Ryan, who started as a driver and is now dispatch manager. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority. Because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Oh, it is coming right up, isn't it? April 4th. What? <laughs> that was my thought, too. <laughs> uh, the death of Martin Luther King. Does that oh. mean anything to you guys? Well, Good God, JB. What kind of <laughs> black man are you anyway? Oh, what kind of statement is that? <laughs> I don't remember Friday dates night. like that. He I, actually says early morning, April 4th, but it was actually in the afternoon. It wasn't in the early morning. It didn't rhyme, though. Yeah. It's hard to rhyme afternoon. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Did you, did you ever watch, it is. watch that documentary on the two killings of Sam Cooke? Yes. Did you notice that yeah. he had just visited the same hotel that Martin Luther King was killed in? Yeah, yep. It's unbelievable. I probably wouldn't check in there, i got to be honest with no. you. No. <clears throat> but, you know, the, Ian, I don't know if you know this or not, but, I, you know, I've talked at length about the fact that Martin Luther King, because of what he said, you know, 1966, 67, early in 68, I always admired him because he was very honest. He said, the best thing I've ever heard uh, said, do not judge people by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And no one ever says that anymore. 
They they ignore that that was ever said. Isn't that amazing? Uh, they said it in, in Deadpool 2, remember? That was his whole... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's uh, right. <laughs> becomes a running joke in Deadpool 2. It's terrible. It was a brilliant thing to say. It, it meant yeah. it meant a great deal to me as a you know as a thirteen fourteen yeah. year old whatever I was back then fifteen maybe, but I, I thought that just struck me as like God, this guy's got it nailed and yeah. no one cares. Well, that's just yeah, like the, you know you mentioned you mentioned Lorraine Motel though. I mean, almost any prominent African American would have stayed in that hotel because it right. was segregated. It was one of the few that were nice. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a boarding house. It was actually a really nice hotel. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of things about that day, which I you know, the switching of his rooms, the yep. fact that there was yep. an FBI informant involved. I mean, all that stuff that still seems really hinky to me. I think, but it certainly does. You know. There's no doubt about that. Have you? Did you happen to see Green Book? Speaking of, uh, you know, uh, Green Book I, was, I was an actual. Oh God, it's good. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Well, re- real. I remember when I it. mentioned I mentioned to you this book I was working on about um, car radio. We talk about the Green Book in, uh, in actually even in the history of car radio mm-hmm. and how important that was uh, to travelers in the South. The Green Book, yeah, huge. Oh, it was huge. Yeah, and you, it's very you well hid- acted. You see hidden. Yeah, do you see hidden figures about the women and the the black women in yes. the um, in the, which was like a kind of a contrived story. It's sort of. You know, they kind of cobbled some facts together. It's still a really good movie. Right. It's still really enjoyable. It is. I agree. It's really, really good. But I just, you know, whether it's, you know, Muslims in uh, in New Zealand being massacred by some idiot who claims that they're interlopers yep. when actually you were an interloper too. But, you know, well, let's not talk about that. I, I just really wish we had somebody, instead of bitching about what the Republicans are bitching about, Democrats or whatever the situation mm-hmm. is, could we just have somebody step up and say, look, look, why don't we judge people by their character? Let's give up on all this other stuff. Right. It's their character that matters and nothing else matters. You know? The other comment, 100%. The other comment that he made that day was that he would hope that his children would play hand in hand with white children. And that's never talked about either. Well, right. it is at my house because you know, it happened. It, right. Did you see all the people that the guy, uh, the New Zealand shooter, uh, name-checked in his um, – so other than Trump, which was a kind of a passive comment to Trump, but he mentions uh, Dylan Roof, the shooter in South Carolina. Oh, yeah. He mentioned the guy, Andre Brevik, the um, – the, that was one of his big focus was the the guy who who shot the sixty nine kids in Norway, Anders. I'm sorry, An, Anders Brevik. Um, right. And then he mentions PewDiePie. Did you see that? He the, does. The gamer, Weird. The guy that. Yeah. What? And so PewDiePie. Yeah. So, but this is where PewDiePie runs into trouble because you know he had made all these like Nazi references jokingly, he says, or ignorantly, yeah, yep. he says. And now he gets name dropped by that guy in the manifesto, and he's shocked. He says, absolutely sickened that he gets mentioned. But it's like, dude, you play with that kind of stuff. This is what happens, you know? Yep. To me, anyway. Oh, you're, you are, no, you're absolutely right about that. You want to play in that playground, you better expect it to come back at you. I, I just, I don't understand joking around with, well, the, the CEO of Volkswagen just got nailed for joking around with Nazi slogans. No, really? Arbit, what did he uh, say? Oh, he said instead of Arbit, what is it? Arbit Machfrey uh, or Fry? Machfrey. I don't know which. Right, work makes it's you fry. free, Arbit, right? Work makes you free. He said EBIT, which is... Uh, you know, some earnings before yeah. int- it's earnings before oh. interest and taxes. Mm-hmm. So he said, "Ebit Machfrei." It's not funny, it pal. Uh, Jesus. Well, I don't, I don't know, know, but in that case, can't you say like, it, "Well, if you make a joke about anything, then you are now liable for anything anyone does no, I know. I know regarding that yeah, thing." That's saying. a little ridiculous. No, you're right. You're right. But I just don't know why you want to go there as CEO of Volkswagen. You're already yeah. hung with the fact that you're a German anyway. <laughs> but you really want to go down right. that road? I, I don't get it. But, see, 
All right, so I'm going to circle back to Lori. Here's Lori Lachlan pushing her kid to go to a school, which apparently the kid didn't even want to go to because it was Correct. some vanity play, you know, or, you know, some entitlement piece, whatever it is. And she didn't want her daughter to go to some lesser school. The kid didn't want to go to school at all. And now look what they've lost. I mean, she's lost all of her, you know, just for doing something which is she knew was, you know, patently immoral and unethical, if not illegal. And here she is, um, you know, she's lost her Hallmark gig. She's lost the Netflix gig. Her daughter has lost the Sephora gig. And, and yep. they've lost other, you know, sort of ancillary stuff. They, that, that's not easily recoverable. So when you start you no. start doing that, I think people, you start to think, think of yourself as being fairly impervious, like somehow you can get away with this and nobody else can. Uh, never a good plan. Celebrities always think they're immune to consequences, though, and they are, unfortunately, a lot of the I time. Know. You know, I'm going to be honest they, with everybody on this the, one. Go ahead. No, I was just going to – the only thing I was, I was going to bring up – no, as a matter of fact, I, I, I kind of lost my train of thought. Just go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I was just going to say no, it's no, like no. the Jussie Smollett thing. Yeah. Right? You know, that that's where the – as soon as he's a celebrity at being attacked and the story gets – my first thought is, oh, he's playing this for sympathy. Yep. I don't have anything to do with him being African-American. It <laughs> doesn't have to be anything about him being gay. It's just another celebrity who, like, fears the – that they're no longer going to be the center of attention, and they got to create their own, you know, they got to create their own uh, orbit. Narcissism is a legitimate mental illness that a lot of people use the term to mean like, oh, that person has too big of an ego or something. Mm -hmm. But it actually is. It can be a very severe mental illness that makes people do things like this because they just they're so desperate for validation and attention that they're willing to do literally anything. It, it, isn't the daughter in this case, isn't she like known for posting party photos of herself? Yep. Yes. On uh, Instagram yes, and whatnot. So she, as uh, Ian said, she's not even interested in going to school. Yeah, no. And I always thought USC was the hood school, by the way. <laughs> Because <laughs> hmm. oh, of OJ? Is that why you said no, that? No, I thought it was in the hood. Or is it uh, UCLA kind that's of. in the hood? They, yeah, well, USC, yeah, is, USC exists in a little island surrounded by some yeah very troubling neighborhoods. But there's, a, there's like an isthmus that goes out to USC. And then on either side of it, it's uh, true. It, on the, it, on the, yeah. All around it's trouble. But it's not it's not considered like that. It's not an Englewood school per se or anything like that. But yeah, no, no it's it, this whole situation. I, I, I don't know. Here's what really upsets me about this whole Hollywood thing. And, and apparently, Asian students suffered the most by these people being allowed into school. Seven hundred and fifty families are involved, or seven hundred fifty people, I guess, are involved. Um, and they always chose the Asian students because apparently it's it's is this true, Andy? That it's it's kind of difficult for Asian students to get in anyway. Yes, it's been true for a why? long time, actually. But why? <clears throat> because college admissions is very concerned with who's getting in, not how they're getting in. I guess is the thing. That's, well, yeah, but that's an odd thing because I swear all I. I see a, a lot of white students on campus at University of Minnesota, and the next group would be Asian. Asians are still yeah. pretty overrepresented in college, but that's because they're so driven to get in. It's right. It's been proven that in order to get into college as an Asian, uh, you have to have higher test scores, higher SAT score than an equivalent non-Asian person. Yeah, and apparently in this situation, with all these pukes uh, from Hollywood getting in, they they selected Asian students to be left out. So the very people that stand up in Hollywood and talk about people of color, <laughs> and you piss all over people of color. Uh, how can you, you, once you talk about out of both sides of your mouth, it's so disgusting to me. It's but unbelievable. There, There is a lawsuit out there in many states where uh, they are suing to get rid of uh, affirmative action because of mm -hmm. this, 
because Asian students are not being allowed to go to school, and that's where they're, they're suing to, cha- to basically disband affirmative action on this. I mean, if Asians are overrepresented in college because they want to go to college that bad and they work that hard at school, then <laughs> why let, not let them go? I know. And let them go. But You're I mean, absolutely right. Co- people got to understand, colleges are a broken model yeah. right now. I mean, they, you're right. They are just running kids through like crazy um, just to make money off of them. I mean, they, they, they get them in and they run them through, they give them a diploma in four years, and the cycle just continues. Where, because I remember when I was at the University of Minnesota, it was 215 credits to get out, now it's 145. It's like, what's going on? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yep. yeah. They're That's... shoving it down everyone's throats. And these kids leave with a mortgage on their backs mm-hmm. because of all this student loan debt they have. The, the school Which is not necessary, by the way. Yeah. Right. And the schools don't care because they just want the money. They they want to. Oh, you know. Wait, 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 wait. I got to step in. <laughs> oh, no, no. You, you're, yeah, come on. I, I, but this is Let's be, I, I understand the guy at the end of the bar pounding the table on this, but you can't – it is so not true. Everything we do, for example, I'm, I mean, as the only faculty member here represented in this conversation, everything yes. we talk about is in lessening the debt. Everything we talk about is in consolidation. And the in paradigm that, you discuss is, is legit, but it's not the same because – Universities had to include – the idea was that you would come out with a well-rounded education. Well, the more fields of discipline that get discovered and the more different um, you know, uh, career aspects of even within the same school get explored. Like it used to be if you went to journalism, you pretty much studied newspaper writing. Well, now you don't. You've got to study digital, broadcast. You know, there's all these different aspects of it. So that means more classes. So that means more credit. It isn't just a matter of like running up the debt on the kids because we don't care. It's exactly the opposite. Schools have to stay very competitive in terms of their price point or they'll lose students to other schools. And there's just no there's no discussion at all about, yeah, screw them. Let's add 10 more classes. It's exactly the opposite. It's like, what can I, we cut this year, I didn't, and how can we consolidate these classes? I didn't say that they had given them more classes. I just think the cost is so out of control for the time that they're spending there that, it's to me, it's just crazy. I, and as well, a, most as, people as don't a, pay the – yeah. I mean, I'm not – I think there's truth to the – in a limited sense that there's a, there are many things to study – um, and that there are a lot of credits that get added, but it's not a ma- it's just not a matter of they don't care. So that's the part I'm sort of focused on is when you said and they don't care. We wow. care big time because it's an existential threat to any school to have to start seeing your your enrollment go down. You can't have that, and your enrollment doesn't go down because you made things cheaper. You know that's when enrollment goes and, up, and that's what we try to do. And again. I- we're arguing two points. For me, we have made it where the the finish line for a lot of kids is go to college, go to college, go yeah. to college, go to college, yeah. go to college, yeah. go to college. And we, we as a society and as a country are suffering because we don't have people going to trade schools anymore, uh, learning that's skills. That's a separate issue, but I totally agree. <laughs> Completely agree. But that's not the Ian. same. I mean, so like... I, junior colleges are awesome. I'm, I'm all for them. There you have it. Ian, thanks so much for being with us today. I, I love it when okay. I see your name on the docket. It's always a good conversation. <laughs> Thank but you. It is. Thanks it's always a, I love talking. Thanks, sir. Thanks very much. We'll be back. The family.